Hola, my name is Gerardo Sandoval, your host of Healthcare Untold. Healthcare Untold is a podcast dedicated to giving voice to everyday heroes and their untold health stories that can improve health to our most vulnerable communities. This is Healthcare Untold. Dr. Shonda Nicole Holsey. Welcome to Healthcare Untold. Thank you. You know, it's been years since we actually connected. It's a beautiful story that I've read and I've listened to over the years of trying to connect with you through Healthcare Untold. Tell me about yourself and tell me about this history. Well, nice. Well, first, thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm flattered and honored. And I'll, should I call you Dr. G? You can call me Dr. G. It's my nickname. You know, it's funny. You know? Like a lot of my friends are doctors and, you know, including my wife and I'm the one with the nickname. So yeah. it works. It works. Okay. Well, one of the things I like to say about myself is before I was anything, I was a Head Start kid. If you know about Head Start, you know that you have to be a certain poverty level to be admitted into the program. And so that was a program started in the 70s to help give kids like me a head start. And um, I'm from South Central Los Angeles. I think it's called South L.A. now or something like that. I haven't been to L.A. in a while, but um, I'm from South Central Los Angeles and um, just had a lot of things stacked against me. Um, I was raised by someone who, you know, wasn't my parent who had to kind of step in to help out because my parents were having some issues and um, raised in a large family, um, didn't have access to the best schools, but I had a mom who just really motivated me, believed in me and pushed me and told me that education was the key. And as a result, that's where we connected. I was able to uh, attend Lincoln Medical Magnet, a magnet high school and was bused from South Central to East L.A. and um, had a wonderful um, high school career. And um, from then, you know, the rest is history. But I am. Um, I'm a person that has just always um, had love for the community and wanted to just others. And I think that that has, has been shown throughout um, my career. And so um, that's why I am. I'm a young, young lady who started out in um, as a underserved in an impoverished background and have made it, you know, to be a middle-class woman um, and contributing to society. And so I'm grateful for that. We're very grateful. Your story tells a lot about a lot of us who were at the Magnet at the time, the, uh, how they integrated us yes. from our various neighborhoods. And the majority of us, including myself, who had that experience of public education through Head Start and beyond, and the opportunity to attend the Magnet. Um, and and how wonderful it developed a bunch of us into yes. now you doctor you know it's it's amazing it's really wonderful from sandy from well let's let's say from east l.a because that's where we were in school back at the magnet uh 
which is now Bravo Medical Magnet, to <laughs> San Diego, where you got your uh, first degree, right? Yes. Then you were in Atlanta. Yes. Then Alabama. Yes. And now founder of Halo for Families. Tell me about this trajectory. Okay. So, yes, um, I earned uh, my bachelor's degree at San Diego State University. And um, initially, I, I wanted to become a psychologist. That, that changed a little, though, because um, I developed this, this uh, affinity for just affecting communities. And so what ended up happening was I went to Emory University, uh, the School of Public Health, and earned my master's in health education, behavioral health sciences, where I was able to work in the areas of um, addressing healthcare disparities in communities of need, primarily African-Americans, um, but other um, underserved communities. And so things just kind of really progressed from there. I, I ended up focusing in asthma education. I'm actually a certified asthma educator. So I've worked in a clinical setting in the hospital. Um, and I think some of that had to do, I had a best friend back in elementary school who suffered from asthma and she, so many school days. And so I think somewhere in the back of my mind that kind of, you know, sat, sat with me and that kind of, um, led me to, to really being interested in asthma. And I think, too, because it disproportionately impacts people of color, um, people in poor communities and things like that. So it just kind of resonated with me. And so much of my career has been focused in um, pediatric asthma, pediatric asthma research, um, pediatric asthma education, development of um, asthma uh, programs and implementation. And then it kind of morphed from there. Um, so after Emory, I've always wanted to pursue my doctorate. So I actually, st I stayed a resident in Atlanta, but I drove, I, I said, I'm so crazy. I drove back and forth to Alabama, to um, Birmingham, mm -hmm. like an hour and a half, probably from LA to San Diego without the traffic. So for about a, a year and a half, I had to complete coursework, but then I conducted my dissertation research at Emory. So it wasn't that bad, but Anyway, that that's what happened. I've you know I've always um, like I said when I talked about my mom, she just talked to, to us about education, 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 and so that was instilled in me. And so I knew, and I was gifted, you know, um, and so I always knew that I wanted to pursue like higher uh, educational um, endeavors. And so ended up in Atlanta, and I did not plan on leaving Atlanta, but I got married. And had to go, <laughs> but I went kicking and screaming because I I really loved Atlanta. I had a good time there. <laughs> I bet you set your roots where you are, and you create your home with your family. Yeah. So together, I'm sure you guys are now in your next, I guess your next chapter, right? Mm -hmm. yes. yes. So I love that. In your description about Halo, mm -hmm. healthy aims for little ones and for their families. You have a model, you have a mission, you have a vision. Please 
tell me more about Halo and and when you were creating this idea for what now is, you know, this project, this program, this company, and its impacts, you know, uh, I see all these wonderful partners, these talks, these collaborations. Tell me more about what is Halo. Yes. So I I will say that Halo very much um, describes who I am. I'm a person that that networks. Um, I'm a person who collaborates and um, work with others to make effective outcomes for others. And so um, Halo is is a sole proprietorship. I'm an LLC. So it's primarily me as far as the the main um, personnel. But I do work, I do have contractors that I've worked with for years to implement um, different projects. And so I do Halo collaborates with other organizations to fulfill the mission of impacting families and children um, in a more productive way. And so, for instance, I work with, HALO works with the National Medical Association, and that's the Association of African-American Physicians. And what our role in that is we write, we help to secure grants to implement, to help focus on lowering health disparities in African-American communities and other people of color. And the same being with the African-American Wellness Project. Um, Recently, we established a relationship with them. And and actually, African-American Wellness Project was founded by one of the physicians that I work with at the National Medical Association, Dr. Michael Lenore. We're very good friends. Mm And his organization had been around for some time, but since COVID happened and it just really, um, the, the, it, it, it enabled us to really see how much health disparities impact uh, communities of color. And, and so Dr. Lenore wanted to kind of revitalize that organization and he asked me to be on the executive team. And so I am. And so I'm over all of the grant funding and um, the programming. And so working Halo, working alongside AAWP has really been able to reach more individuals and implement more programs. And that's some of the the programs that you've seen um, that I've posted about on LinkedIn and and other um, social media platforms. But we talk, we discuss things from teen vaping, um, actually, my daughter participated in one of our programs and she talked about the, the peer pressure with that mm. and how she, she avoided it, but um, it's there, you know? And so we talk about um, lung health issues, uh, cardiovascular uh, issues, just uh, the gamut to really focus on helping people that are impacted by these conditions, learn the signs and symptoms, learn how to prevent them and and just ultimately have a longer, healthier life. Because I mean, sometimes, you know, people live long, but it's for, for Halo, it's more about quality than the quantity of living. You know, there's, 
something to say about public health. Yes. To understand public health is to understand how health policy becomes. If it wasn't for our public health schools and our public health doctors that initiate some of these from from trials to understanding what's happening in our medical community and how it impacts our our local communities, our our population, our people. It's so important. And you hardly ever hear really what's going on in, no pun intended, the School of Public Health, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're doing that across your partnerships. You're achieving this across your collaborations. Talk to me a little bit about these actual services you provide, evaluation and outcomes of divisions. You're doing understanding how social media impacts our well-being and even how it can be problematic for, let's say, our local health servers. Mm -hmm. Explain to me a little bit about how Halo impacts. Okay. So first I wanted to, to, to piggyback on what you said about public health and that we don't really hear that much. And actually that's a good thing. When you don't hear about it, that means we're doing what we're supposed to do. When you do hear about it, that means that some, some kind of, there's been some kind of failure in the system. And so I, I can give you an example. Think about the water issue in Detroit and the lead and all of that. So had the system been working like it was supposed to, that wouldn't have been, that would not have been an issue. Um, you think about um, fluoride in water to help with cavities and, and dental health. So those are the kind of things that public health does. And like I said, when it's not an issue, that's a good thing. So I just wanted to speak on that because that's something that that we I learned back at Emory. So I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, that's we kind of in in the background, but we really help the public. You know, we help the masses. Um. So hey, yes. So so we one of the things about public health is data outcomes drive decisions, and so you in order to be an effective um, public health organization, you have to have good methodology. Um, you, you need to uh, evaluate your programs, have good outcomes, and know what you're doing good, know what you, you, you need to work on. And so those kind of, you know, so in all of our programs, we um, evaluate them to see how we're doing, get satisfaction surveys from our constituents, um, and suggestions. What can we do? What can we change? What were we doing? What have we done well? What do we can need to continue to do. And that also helps to um, establish grant proposals for future funding because, you know, in this field, we always have to search for, you know, seek new funding um, in order to sustain. And if you, if we have good outcomes data um, and, and if we're able to write that up and prepare it into a way that's understandable, um, that helps us with 
through a secure more funding, and it just helps the credibility of our programming. And so that's what we do there. And I actually, we offline, we talked about your wife being a professor. I do teach as well. And so um, one of the courses that I did teach was evaluation of healthcare programs. So it comes in handy. <laughs> and as far as social media, yes, I mean, really, you know, we, we were doing social media before, but as you know, we all just went through this um, pandemic. And so things kind of halted. And we, a lot of us had to implement our programs through uh, webinars and, and the social media realm. And so it could be so tricky, though, because there's so much disinformation out there. So we just work to make sure our, our information is accurate, credible, and um, easy to understand. And so that's a lot what I do also with um the Amer African-American Wellness Project. That's really one of our focus areas. Do you work with uh, CBOs and clinics and the likes in communities? I do not. Um, I So, and this is more about Shonda. I used to be, um, I'm, I, I'm a certified asthma health educator. And so at one point when I was in Atlanta, I worked for, it's called Hughes Spalding Children's Hospital. It's now been um, taken over by Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. But it was the hospital um, in the urban area that, you know, many of the uh, individuals on CHIP or Medicare, Medicaid attended. And so I taught a lot of those families and also developed a program um, sponsored by the National Institutes of Health where we talked about asthma and better asthma outcomes. But I don't do a lot of the frontline work and, and HALO doesn't do a lot of the frontline work anymore. We do more of the more of the development and implement, implementation. So, yes. And that's where like, I mean, Yeah, and that's kind of like how you said my, the trajectory of my career. Is, yeah. That's where I am now. Nice. And it actually helps me because what we didn't talk about is now I'm currently in Japan, <laughs> yeah. but I'm still, I'm still able to work and, and be just as effective as I was in Jacksonville, Florida, Atlanta, and now Sasebo, Japan. It isn't considered a civic duty, but it is a family responsibility. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, you describe your civic duties where I think it, it, it you know, I care to say that part of it is your passion and this information stream that you've created and how important it is for our people of color communities. Mm -hmm. um, anywhere from disparities in vaccination, you created that PSA uh, from cancer awareness, breast cancer awareness in African-American women. COVID updates, you know, which is, interestingly enough, that's how Healthcare Untold was started. Really? Really right before COVID hit, a few months before we were thinking about this podcast, COVID hit, then we started updating our community. Wow. How important it is. And you talked about misinformation, Right. And you mm -hmm. talked about how social media, but let's talk about your 
civic social responsibilities and your duties. Okay. I, I love that. <laughs> and like you said, it's it really is a passion. So I do so much, Dr. G. Mm-hmm. It, I'll start here and then I'll kind of go back. So even here, so I said, okay, because I, I do so much. I said, okay, I'm going to come here and I'm going to just kind of chill, just do my work and not really get too involved, you know. But off the bat, <laughs> I because well, I had communicated with our principal um, before, with both kids' principals. I have a two, we have two children, a uh, fourth grader and a ninth grader. And so the beauty of it is, though, we're in a small community and they actually both go to school in the same vicinity. The high school is next to the elementary school. It's high school, middle school. And so um, I had outreach to the principal, say, hey, you know, I'm coming, blah, blah, blah. And so in my signature line, it lists, you know, who I am, what I do and this and that. And so people, I think they automatically um, notice that. And so the elementary school principal, her name is Miss Phipps, and she's an African-American woman. I, I was so happy to see that because um, that's good for my children to see. And so when I got here, she contacted me because there is a student advisory council that um, it's a little bit, it does more than the uh, PT, PTA. It, they work with the administration on the Dodea level and a higher level, and they needed some new members. And she asked me to um, put my hat in the ring for the election, and I was elected. Nice. And I'm the vice chair. And so so my husband was like, how did that happen? I was like, hey, you know, just things happen. But um, but anyway, so one of the one of my roles um, in that is to kind of help set the agenda, talk, discuss what it is that we need to focus on. And so like one issue that we're talking about is uh, more more of a safety issue. There's a gate issue um, coming on base. There are no stairs. So. We're going to focus on that. But that fits into, you know, my public health aspirations, just my community aspirations and that kind of thing. So it fits. So that's what I'm doing here. Uh, I've been offered uh, opportunities to do other things, but I'm kind of saying no, you know, because I really want to don't want to lose focus on why I'm here. So back in Jacksonville, you made the comment about, you know, home being where we make it. And I think about that because. That's how I feel. It's like wherever I go, I want to leave a legacy. I want to make an impact. And that's just who I am. That's what really drives me. Um, You know, I'm I'm a very spiritual person. I feel like it's better to to be the giver than to to receive. You know, I I feel like um, God places us in in places and spaces to do things for others. That's just that's just my philosophy. And so um, Jacksonville, I was an elected official. I I come from, I, I live, I, we still own our home there. So my my um, community, we, um, it's called Fleming Island Plantation, Fleming Island community. And so there is a, a small kind of city council or whatnot, but on a smaller scale. And I ran for the position I campaigned and everything. I had signs and all that. And I won. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So I have I was uh, I had four years 
as a um, politician, and I would have loved to, you know, defend my seat, but we transitioned here. But it just did so much. I was able, you know, we had a capital improvement campaign and was able to make some decisions for what the community needed. And it was just it was just awesome. Um, I'm also a member of a historically black uh, sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, where we do so much, so many programs for the community. At one point, I was the um, chair of our grants development committee and so developed some programs to implement initiatives in Jacksonville. So it's just things like that. I mean, I'm a member of um, Jack and Jill of America, and that's a program of mothers where we develop African-American leaders. And so um, I was the um, community service chair and so did a couple of, um, we collected some uh, food and and um, uh, books and things like that for communities in need. So like I said, that's just kind of who I am. And so really whatever activities that align with mm. with um, my values, I go for it. Yeah. 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 It's it's interesting how we are very community centric. You know, we're I I fall on that same vein where I don't necessarily want to attend my first PTA because I know I'm gonna get involved. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's just in our nature, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but that's, I think what you, you spoke about spirituality and how it is part our responsibility. Yes. You know, we've, we've got a path that we've chosen Mm -hmm. and how can we make this a better place, you know, for us and for our loved ones. And I think that's part of it. It's understanding that it is our community and, w- you know, we are in these spaces and we are creating a better space for all of us. Absolutely. I agree. And I, and I teach that to my to our girls, too, and I think they get it. I'm so proud of them because they're 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 not entitled. They're so down to earth. And I'm just I'm really, really proud of the human beings that they are becoming. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure your husband and you are excellent role models. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to know more about African American Wellness Project. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if we're not immersed in the health system or anywhere interested, we don't really get to know about such organizations and how important they are in our communities. Yes. So um, the African-American Wellness Project was, it was actually founded about 20 years ago. And that was before I became um, a member of the executive team. Uh, the, there's a back, they have a background in um, traditional media, radio media, PSAs, things like that. And, um, when COVID happened, the founder and um, developer, Dr. Michael Lenore, he wanted to kind of revitalize it to focus on a lot of the disparities that I think everybody was. Um, 
shown, you know, um, I think COVID really opened a lot of eyes to just how disparate conditions were for uh, African Americans and other people of color. And so based, because we had that background in, in media, we were able to really transition well into implementing resources, implementing programs via um, webinars and social media platforms. And so I joined the program, Halo joined the program, Halo, Halo joined AAWP and just immediately began to uh, use our prowess for writing grants to secure funds in order to initiate um, different health programs that would help those communities. And also, I mean, we also know that, I mean, I talk about low income populations, but really um, people of color, no matter the socioeconomic status, oftentimes suffer um, disproportionate um, uh, mor mobility and mortality in regards, in comparison to whites or um, other ethnic populations. And so with African-American Project, we, we want to be the trusted source for African-Americans for healthcare. Mm -hmm. And it's based in Oakland, California, but it is a national organization. And so I know some people may not know of it, but we've really worked at um, trying to, I guess, get our information out there on social media. So we look at our metrics mm -hmm. and we've done a lot. We, we boost our information. We partner with other organizations like the National Medical Association. We partner with Black Doctors dot org, which is a larger or a large organization too that that puts out um, health information to African Americans, and so we've done that to kind of bolster you know our products and our projects, and we're sticking with it. You know, we're going to keep at it to where we we want to be that trusted source of education for the African American communities, and so I, I think if you haven't heard of us yet. You will, because that's one of our focus areas to just really get our numbers up there and just our and expand our reach. And I know that that's one of the um, the the goals of Dr. Lenore, the president and founder. Let us know how we can get a hold of you through your social media networks and Halo for families. Yes. yes. Okay. So I can be reached at haloforfamilies.com. That's our website. And I'm on LinkedIn and actually Twitter and Facebook at Shonda Nicole. And then I also have a Facebook page for dedicated to Halo for Families. So it's just Halo, H-A-L-O for Families. Well, thank you, Shonda. Doctor, you know, um, I, I'm so proud of you. You know, I I, I love seeing you and uh, understanding what importance you've you have and continue to do for our communities. And uh, here at Healthcare Untold, you are one of our local and international heroes. <laughs> so thank you for what you're doing. 
for healthy aims for little ones and families, Halo for families, and for your passion, you know, and your dedication and your commitment to the African-American community and the community of people of color. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here and I had a great time. Thank you. Healthcare untold. Healthcare untold. Healthcare untold.